Hello, and welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Monday, September 18th, 2023. Today's poem is by the French poet Blaise Kendrars, and it's called Menus. I'll read it once, offer a few comments, then read it one more time. Menus. One. Truffled green turtle liver. Lobster Mexican. Florida pheasant. Iguana with Caribbean sauce. Gumbo and palmetto. Two. Red river salmon. Canadian bear ham. Roast beef from the meadows of Minnesota. Smoked eel. San Francisco tomatoes. Pale ale and California wine. Three. Winnipeg salmon. Scottish leg of lamb, Royal Canadian apples, Old French wines. 4. Cancal oysters, lobster salad, celery hearts, French snails vanillaed in sugar, Kentucky fried chicken, desserts, coffee, Canadian club whiskey. 5. Pickled shark fins, stillborn dog in honey, rice wine with violets, Cream of silkworm cocoon, salted earthworms and kava liqueur, seaweed jam. 6. Canned beef from Chicago and German delicatessen, crayfish, pineapples, guavas, loquats, coconuts, mangoes, custard, apple, baked breadfruit. 7. Turtle soup. Fried oysters, truffled bear paws, lobster java. 8. River crab and pimento stew, suckling pig ringed with fried bananas, hedgehog revensara, fruit. Hendrars was born in Switzerland, though he uh, became a naturalized French citizen later in his life, uh, in 1887, and he died in 1961. Uh, Blaise Kendrars was his pen name. Uh, he was born Frederick Louis Saucer. And he was one of the uh, most important and notable modernist poets of the uh, 20th, early 20th century. He was notable enough that when a young Ernest Hemingway wrote his memoir of life in Paris, A Movable Feast. Uh, he thought an encounter with Blaise Kendrars worth mentioning. Uh, he describes Kendrars uh, with his broken boxer's nose and his pinned up empty sleeve, rolling a cigarette with his one good hand. Uh, and Kendrars had notably lost an arm in World War II. Uh, and became known by some as the left-handed poet. Uh, Kendrars was close friends with uh, another great writer of the period, uh, whose importance is sometimes forgot today, John Dos Passos, uh, the American novelist, uh, best known for his um, USA uh, trilogy of novels he published in the early 30s. And in fact, Dos Passos was the first uh, to translate Kendra's poetry into English uh, in the 20s. 
today's poem is born out of Kendrar's proclivity for world travel. In 1924, he published a collection of poetry uh, entitled, alternatively, Documentary, uh, or in some places, Kodak, like the film. And it's a series of poems uh, detailing many trips he took to uh, locations far and wide, some quite exotic, some uh, as unexotic as the United States of America. <laughs> I suppose if you're born in Switzerland uh, in the late 1800s, maybe a trip to America is rather exotic. And the very last poem in that collection is Menus. Most of the poems in the collection are uh, what we might call more conventional. They uh, are more propositional poems. Uh, but Menus, as you've uh, no doubt grasped by hearing it once already, uh, is simply a list or a collection of lists. Uh, when I first read this poem uh, quite a few years ago, I was entranced by it. I had no idea what to make of it, but uh, it was really um, both perplexing and engrossing. Uh, but then I... I had a chance to talk about it with uh, a good friend of mine who I must name now because I'm going to uh, rip off a lot of his ideas and rely on uh, insightful things he has said about uh, the poem to me and in print in the past. Uh, and that fellow is Josh Gibbs, a friend of the show and one-time guest host of The Daily Poem. If you're a long-time listener, uh, you'll know Josh. And... Um, We've had some enjoyable conversations about this poem that I think helped me appreciate it quite a bit more. Uh, this is also uh, a sort of real world uh, companion to a poem I read on the show a few days ago from Roald Dahl's James and the Giant Peach, the litany of odd foods that the centipede uh, is said to have <laughs> claims to have enjoyed in his travels around the world. Uh, and that, clearly is what emerges from this poem. You have these collections of food items that start, well, the first item on the, on the page is truffled green turtle liver. But on the scale of exotic slash weird, truffled green turtle lever, liver maybe registers a, a six or seven. Uh, or at least if you thought it would have registered a nine or 10, you, you'll be correcting your own standards by the time you get further into the poem. Because uh, at the midway point, we get things like French snails vanillaed in sugar. Uh, and by stanza five, we are reading about pickled shark fins and stillborn dog in honey or cream of silkworm cocoon. <laughs> Uh, so things get uh, pretty exotic, pretty weird. I am not going to use the word revolting, but I would understand <laughs> if people did. However, there's a little uh, bit of the mundane in the early menus. 
Florida pheasant isn't so bad. Lobster Mexican uh, might not be a dish you could describe immediately, but it feels safe enough. Uh, something a 1950s housewife might serve to her husband's uh, boss when he comes to dinner <laughs> uh, to give the uh, that sort of 1950s illusion of uh, the foreign or the exotic when it's really just, you know, uh, some cayenne pepper and extra mayo or something. Uh, Canadian bear, ham, smoked eel. Maybe not what you have for dinner every night, but roast beef from the meadows of Minnesota. San Francisco tomatoes, pale ale. That's a, that's a, that's a Tuesday lunch for an American hipster. So what do these all have in common besides some being foods we would be willing to stomach and some we wouldn't? I think that's partly the point, that our instinct upon reading this poem is maybe immediately to sort these foods into what I would be willing to eat and what I would not be willing to eat. But the title forces some constraints upon us. This is not meals. This is menus, uh, which adds a little formality to uh, the way we think about this food. These items seem to be grouped together because they were all components of discrete individual meals. Truffled green turtle liver, lobster Mexican, Florida pheasant, iguana with Caribbean sauce, gumbo, and palmetto were all items that appeared on a single menu. Maybe not a menu that one could uh, freely order from, but a menu as a summary of the meal that was served and the meal that was eaten. Uh, and that first aspect, I think, is the important one. Likely, these are meals that were served to the poet, to the speaker. And you, if you've done any sort of travel outside of the United States, and especially if you have been uh, not just a paying tourist, but a guest uh, of anyone's outside of your home country, you'll understand that uh, you start to lose the luxury of sorting food into what I would be willing to eat and what I would not be willing to eat. Uh, and at least you have to start adding in the extra layer of how crazy can the food get before I'm willing to give considerable offense to the people who are feeding me? Uh, because it's likely that when these odd items appear on the table, it's because the people serving you are in their own minds pulling out all the stops. I doubt stillborn dog in honey is a daily fixture on anyone's table. <laughs> and if stillborn dog in honey or rice wine with the violets or cream of silkworm cocoon is making an appearance at the dinner hour, it's a special occasion. And it may even be that it's being done at great cost or sacrifice to your host. And I think then what uh, this poem gives us is the picture of a traveler who has become a citizen of the world 
and ceased to be a tourist. Because as he expands and enlarges himself, enlarges his soul to make room for these things, which uh, if he were ordering from the diner at home, he might never put in his mouth, his capacity to appreciate the world as it comes to him uh, increases greatly. Uh, A good poem is always meant to help us see the world in uh, a way that we might not have on our own. And like the centipede in James and the Giant Peach, the implied uh, absence of pickiness, the implied uh, eclectic magnanimity with which the speaker of this poem dines on each of these items, uh, I think makes us, forces us to look upon each of these items with the eyes of a guest, with the eyes of thanksgiving rather than revulsion, uh, the eyes of empathy or understanding, even if uh, you would not, even if you find it unconscionable to eat pickled shark fins or stillborn dog in honey, regardless of how your stomach might tolerate those foods. And uh, as, as our friend Josh is fond of pointing out, there are a couple of ways to read the closing line of the poem, which is the very simple fruit. Uh, one as just the last item on the last menu, arbitrarily arranged, but also as a kind of summation of everything that has come before, that by the time you go through the catechesis of these meals, the catechesis of dining as a guest at each of these tables, uh, you arrive at the place where you can uh, understand, you can conceive of all that life uh, brings, all that God gives, all that the world produces as fruit, uh, that you can bless all things and be blessed by all things in return. Here is menus one more time. One, truffled green turtle liver, lobster Mexican, Florida pheasant, iguana with Caribbean sauce, gumbo and palmetto. Two, red river salmon, Canadian bear ham, roast beef from the meadows of Minnesota, smoked eel, San Francisco tomatoes, pale ale and California wine. Three, Winnipeg salmon, Scottish leg of lamb, royal Canadian apples, old French wines. Four, Concal oysters, lobster salad, celery hearts, French snails, vanilla and sugar, Kentucky fried chicken, desserts, coffee, Canadian club whiskey. Five, pickled shark fins, stillborn dog and honey, rice wine with violets, cream of silkworm cocoon, salted earthworms and kava liqueur, seaweed jam. Six, canned beef from Chicago and German German depressant crayfish, pineapples, guavas, loquats, coconuts, mangoes, custard apple, baked breadfruit. 
Seven. Turtle soup. Fried oysters. Truffled bear paws. Lobster java. Eight. River crab and pimento stew. Suckling pig ringed with fried bananas. Hedgehog ravensara. Fruit. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or to support this show, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. It occurs to me that it would be fun to invite you all, if you're listening on uh, the Substack platform, at least to uh, write little poems of your own uh, bizarre uh, menus. Uh, That's entirely optional, but I'd like to hear uh, if you have anything rivaling uh, some of these. In the meantime... On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, I'm Sean Johnson. Until next time, happy reading.